how's it going tonight, everybody? We all run the reel featuring Mike, Terry, Fox, and Dan. And we're getting in the holiday spirit with our Christmas episode. <laughs> ho, ho, ho. We come bringing Yule tidings and a game. A, a fun game, yeah. <laughs> a friendly <laughs> game. Yeah, and remember, it's just a game. Just a game. No need to be brash and arrogant. Yeah. yeah. What could go wrong? <laughs> I guess that's what we're here to talk about, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yep. Because <laughs> you know who knows what could go wrong? The Green Knight. Yeah, a lot could go wrong according to this movie. But we're going to talk about it. We're going to spoil it. This one was high on our bucket lists to watch last year, if I remember correctly. We were all very excited about this one. It's mm-hmm. true. Oh, yeah. Man, we even played the, the RPG that came out for it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I couldn't help myself. I had to buy it. It looks so cool. guess you were kind of our, uh, our metaphorical Morgan Le Fay of the day. <laughs> I guess I was, in a way. Huh. Yeah, highly anticipated. And surprisingly, a Christmas movie. Uh, it works out good. Um, like, yeah, I was so excited for this movie. I did the A24 screening room thing for it. Like, I streamed it. Mm-hmm. Me too. Unfortunately, the quality wasn't the best, but... Oh. I was a little bummed streaming it this time. Oh, man. I, I'll show my hand early. I bought it on Blu-ray. That's the uh, way to watch this movie. I will say somehow I, uh... Watched it on 4K mysteriously. Oh, <laughs> I did as well. Oh my gosh. Oh, I'm so jealous. I want to see that because this movie looks so good. We we just need to get into it here, but uh Yeah, let's just get right in there. Let's dig in. Someone give us give us I guess a synopsis, right? Who wants to tell a tale of the Green Knight movie? There once was a man named Gwen Gowan. Gwen. Garwin. Garwin. And when he heard the Green Knight Carlin, he couldn't resist the challenge. And he. Okay, I can't rhyme anymore. Um, Yeah, it's about the Green Knight. It's based off a little poem. I got it. The Green Knight came a calling, and Gawain did something appalling. (laughs) Upon the stone, a head was thrown. Ooh, man, you're nailing it. That's all I got for now. (laughs) Man, not a bad start. It's based off the old poem that apparently, and by Anonymous, nobody knows who wrote this thing, but it's, yeah. Old medieval King Arthur times poem. Sir Gawain and the Green Knight. Yep. It's like about it. Yeah, the knight shows up, offers a challenge. He offers to let somebody strike him, but in one year hence, he may return the blow. No matter how grave or how innocuous the blow may be. And our hero, Gawain, decides to just lop his head off. <laughs> and oh, the, yeah. the Green Knight picks his head up and says... <laughs> one year from now and he runs off laughing so he, it's about him on his journey to meet the green knight to uh, face his destiny i guess yeah gotta finish the game can't leave it half done or can you <laughs> this is a good question mm, we will discuss but yeah the green knight was released 2021 and it's directed and written by david lowry we've talked about 
another one of his movies on the show. Long time ago. Which one? A Ghost Story. Oh, he did that? Yep. That's why I was pumped for him to do The Green Knight, because I was like, man, the ghost story, a ghost story is all about death and dealing with it and why life matters. So what a great choice to pick to do Sir Gawain and The Green Knight. But after seeing it, I'm not convinced that oh, it was really? the best choice to adapt it. But we'll get into that. Maybe you guys can help sway my opinion on this film. <laughs> so I was very disappointed. It is a. This is the third time I've watched it, and it is kind of a weird movie. I'll I'll give you that. Like the first time I watched it, I wasn't sure what to think about it. I was just like, "This is weird." I think I liked it, but like, I don't know. It's very different than what I was expecting. And then the second time I watched it, I liked it quite a bit more. And then this time I watched it, hmm, yeah, I still liked it a lot. I won't even pretend like I, <laughs> like I might, who knows, but yeah, I enjoyed it still. I should like this movie. I mean, it's exactly what I wanted out of it for the most part. It's like Gawain going on a journey to discover what it, if he wants to be a knight or what it means to be honorable in the face of death. Um, and that's what it's most concerned with. But, you know, I'm not convinced that the movie's as deep as it thinks it is. So <laughs> we'll get into that. But I was, I love everything about this except the, like, actual story and characters in it. I was exactly like TV. The first time we saw it, I was like, hmm, I think I liked that. But maybe I didn't. And then I saw it again, and I was like, mm, pretty good. And then this time around, <laughs> I was like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like that meme where the guy gets progressively further back in his chair, throwing his head back. <laughs> you know, I was excited for this movie, too. But I'll, I will say, yeah, it is weird. I didn't expect to watch this guy, like, try and survive in the wilderness for uh, however many days he's out there. What, six? Yeah, six or seven. Yeah. Because, um, like, the original tale of it is he's very, like, noble knight, and they, like, ride out there and stuff, you know? Well, he tries to be. Like, he screws up in every one of his encounters, but he's he tries to be noble and tries to be good, and that's that's kind of what this, the original story's about. It's like, you're not going to succeed all the time, but what's important is that you're trying to do the right thing and be the best person you can be. Yeah. And I watched some of the uh, like special features on the Blu-ray and David Lowry was talking about how he wanted to translate the original tale to more modern audience. And I th I think he did a pretty good job of that after the second watch here. So I think that's why it feels weird and so different is I, at least for me, I was expecting it to be told one way, and it's filmed and told very differently than I was expecting. I think it is a much more human and realistic take on the code of chivalry and how people probably actually were back then. Not that, like, I mean, any of these people are real characters, but, you know, the whole chivalry thing. Well, I mean, King Arthur and all that stuff is a 
extremely romanticized take on the code of chivalry and knighthood and heroic deeds back in the medieval period anyways. So um, that that's the whole point of that stuff. And they use it to teach lessons and tell epic stories. So taking a more realistic approach is a neat way to do it, I think. And I was looking forward to that um, in this film. So I'm glad that he chose to do it in the style that he did. Mm-hmm. I agree. I like the... Because they bring it up a lot. It's kind of like what you're saying, Dan, like the honor thing, like greatness. They use that word a lot. Like, what does it mean to be great? And like, in the eyes... I guess it's kind of in the eyes of the beholder a little bit. Like, yeah, you're saying, yeah, all these knights, you know, the other heroic acts. This does take like a more humanistic i don't know if it's humanistic but like a more realistic edge to it like what does that actually mean what like these people are doing like we see as soon as he like leaves that castle even inside the castle walls it's really gloomy and kind of not really that appealing but then once he leaves it's like barren there's nothing there we like see hordes of like corpses laying around in a battlefield it's like what does like <laughs> there is a cost to this greatness you know it's kind of it's an interesting take i do really like that I think that it provides more questions than it gives answers to this. Because like, like you're saying, Terry, it, it's very concerned with honor and like, is it worth it to Gawain, right? But it doesn't really explore it any. And I feel like that's a huge missed opportunity in this film i think because it's more concerned about showing a bunch of things that i'm not even sure why they are in here and how they relate to the story at all which we can get into but i think that it it it's a it's a big missed opportunity because like i said with a ghost story he provides those questions and then answers as well in the movie but in this one i feel like he just is like sitting back and is like hmm this is interesting thing to think about but doesn't give an opinion one way or the another right and i'm like <laughs> you know it's it disappointing for me i would not disagree that this is very much a movie where most of the themes and questions are left open to the viewer's interpretation exclusively Mm-hmm. Which that there's an art to doing that and making it work, I think, and keeping the story like well paced and interesting and um you know, like Perfect Blue does a good job with that. Um, but this one I don't think it does. Like there there's no reason for me to be attached to Gawain. Um all the characters are threadbare in this, and I think that really it, it causes it to suffer a lot. Ooh, I disagree, Dan. I like Gwen a lot. I I find him very interesting. How he approaches, um, you know, each situation, he tries to to stick to his guns and keep his honor throughout it. But what does it get him every time? It gets him all these weird things keep happening to him. And then even at the end of the movie, he sticks to his honor and he still ends up dead. I mean, well, maybe. Granted, maybe. I mean, that's one way to take it. We can get into that later, too. But <laughs> but I, I think 
Gwen is a very interesting character just in how um, the guy who plays him, who acts, what's his name? Let me look him up. Oh, Dev Patel? Yeah, the, the guy who plays him, Dev Patel, does a great job with just his expressions. I love that guy. He did an awesome job as Gwen, I think, because it's a more relatable, I feel like, telling of Gwen's character for our present time today. And I don't know, I just like the way he approaches every honor, you know, subject in this movie. It's interesting. He has a character arc in this film, but I I don't know. It's not explored really as well as it could have been, I think. Because, I mean, he goes through all those challenges. Like you said, the first one is when he gets robbed and he just doesn't do anything. He just gets robbed, basically. And so I'm like, okay, what... What was there for him to o- overcome there? He didn't fight back or anything. So, I mean, he failed that. And then the second one with the ghost lady, I mean, I don't even know what that has to do with anything at all. And then the third one, he fails the seduction thing. So, but like, I don't know what he learns from that. It's like, it seems like every time he, he fails, but he doesn't gain anything. So why at the end does he decide, okay, it's worth it at this point when I'm going to die, you know? I think we should go back and look at him like one at a time, probably. Are we talking the challenges? Yeah. Okay. So when he leaves the castle, are we starting there or like the actual game first? Let's let's start at the beginning. Let's just start at the beginning. Yeah, we'll just go from the beginning even. Because that's, that's important. Like, the game with the Green Knight is extremely important. And, and, and don't, don't get me wrong. I absolutely love everything in this movie up until he leaves the castle for the first time. And then that's when I start having problems. The beginning is great. Yeah, I would agree. 100% I was down for the start of this. <laughs> I got a suggestion. We break it into the games like the movie breaks it into the games. Like what? what is the chapters? Oh, what's it called? I think it's like introduction or something. What was the first one? A kind, a small kindness was the first one. Yeah, yeah. Well, I guess that's the, that's the second one, I guess, because that's after the Green Knight stuff, so... Yeah, the beginning is just like a prologue kind of to the challenge. Like it's getting to know Gwen and where he stands in this world. He's kind of a knight. He's not a knight yet. He's like welcome within the castle. He's like related to King Arthur. Um, He wants to become a knight. He feels like I, f- I kind of get the vibe that he feels like he's supposed to become a knight. I don't know if he like realizes that if he wants to or not. I think he thinks he has to kind of if he feels like a pressure to become one, I think. He's expected to be a knight and act with honor and stuff. Well, I think his his mom puts a lot of that pressure on him, too. Yeah, probably, yeah. There's a lot of interesting stuff with her, his mom in this, I think. I, I remember the first time we uh, we watched this, we came out of the theater. I feel like, and correct me if I'm wrong here, TV, but I felt like we pretty much only asked questions about who the heck the mom was and what her whole deal and endgame was. But now I feel like we're all, you know, more concerned about the themes of the games and does it even really matter what the mom's goal was? 
since this movie is mostly about Gawain and his growth and choices. Uh, I think I have her motives figured out whenever we get to that. I think I do too, but yeah, we can we can save that for later when we get there. But yeah, okay, so let's talk about the game. So a little backstory, they're at King Arthur's court, but they don't like list that these guys are the Knights of the Round Table. It's just expected because of the story. And the Green Knight comes in and he does his challenge for a game. What is it? It's like whatever is... Whatever blow is struck to him, he will return one year later. Isn't that basically the gist of it? Yeah. And he'll leave his axe with uh, whoever does it, too. Yeah. Yep. And Gwen jumps in there, lops off his head. After an awkward silence, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But th- th- there's something real cool that happens there, too, that I liked a lot. Um, Because before that, King Arthur's talking to him. He's like, hey, uh, I want to get to know you better, dude, because you're not around and I haven't been around either and we're related. And so Gawain's like, okay, that's fine. And so they're like, tell me a story about yourself. And he's like, I don't have anything. There's nothing special. And then the queen is like, yet, nothing yet. So that right there is the start or another start of people putting... Um, their preconceived notions on him to be a come a knight to top it all off when he volunteers arthur lets him use freaking excalibur on yeah. the green knight <laughs> and i loved how they how he filmed that too because it's just like i mean if you know king arthur stuff that's a huge freaking deal <laughs> they did a great job with it yeah, you feel the weight of that sword being passed to Gwen, and you're like, oh no. <laughs> the light like shines, the room like lights up when you bust that thing out. I feel like it's a good example though of people not just like putting pressure on him to be a knight, but also that people are trying to like help him be a knight. People keep giving him a lot of big gifts, like Excalibur instead of just some crummy old sword. So that that's very important, I think, for the setup and then yeah he leaps over the table and it's just like he's arrogant and chops his head off because he's like okay i won't have to deal with this i think he's scared honestly like he's like quaking in his boots when he like hops over the table that's how i took it he seemed very nervous he's on edge i mean i get it it's a creepy green man who's shown up but yeah and and he gets all the hints in the world about how to play this game the green knight's like he even like specifically says, I'm pretty sure it's like, no matter how small of a blow or how big, of, you know, he like says that. And then Arthur's like, you understand the game, right? <laughs> like, it's just a game before he leaps over there. He specifically tells him that. Yeah. He's like, you understand, right? Yeah. And then he's like, it's just a game. And then Gawain's just nervous. He's like looking around. He feels like he's got to prove himself, I think. And that's why he like. He's like, I got to make it a show. You know, this is this is my moment. And he slices off the head and then plot twist. <laughs> yeah, I, I love that, Terry. That's why I was saying Gwen is such an interesting character to me earlier is because he's like in this group of legends, you know, apparently King Arthur and his court, which I think the story does have a theme that I'll get back to later. Maybe they're not legends, but who knows? But anyways, they have... 
the mystique there and he wants to prove himself in front of all the court. I don't know. It's a very relatable thing. He wants to, well, I would not cut somebody's head off, but, <laughs> you know, he wants to prove himself and act like, hey, I'm one of you guys. It's his first failure, too, because um, as soon as he cuts the head off, they cut back to Arthur and he just looks disappointed. <laughs> so it's like he's already screwed up and Arthur knows exactly what happened. Not mad, just disappointed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, I think it's interesting a discussion they had, uh, too, before the, the night shows up about, yeah, like, I'm in a court with legends, you know, and they talk about how, like, you know, the... Uh, these men have spilled enough blood to be, you know, be your blood brother. Why would you even care about me and that kind of stuff? And it's all really interesting about like what that means exactly, you know, like, <laughs> does that make you a legend for killing? I guess, you know, I mean, back then, maybe, I don't know. It's just weird. The expectations again, it's a different time too. It is one where death is always ever present and around the corner. So being able to be a master of it has a lot more weight than it does today so it, yeah it's great and I, I just want to say too sean harris as king arthur is freaking awesome probably the best in the entire movie i think anyways i loved his take on king arthur it was so cool <laughs> he slays it he's like kind of old you can tell he's getting a little feeble you know he's not as strong as he used to be I like, yeah, I really like this take on it. Yeah, he kind of like struggles to pull a sword out. It's it's cool. But he's got so much like power and elegance in the way he speaks and how he moves still. And it's like, you can really tell that he was quite the man. I saw that Dave Lowry was inspired by both Willow and Excalibur when writing this movie, making it. And I will say like at the end of Excalibur, yeah, like it is kind of, Arthur's become an old, kind of sickly, you know, as as we talked about earlier, this progress taking over the land and things are less green, they're kind of bleak. It's like taking a toll on him. Well, we'll get into this later, too, but I think that Gawain's mom, Arthur's sister, might have something to do with his feebleness. <laughs> we should mention that, yeah, there is some intercutting between his mom in this scene a lot with the Green Knight. Like, you definitely tell they're related. Yeah, like, she definitely, she calls upon the Green Knight to show up or something like that. Something weird's going on with that. I noticed this time, too, she has, like, jade tablets of Arthur and Guinevere um, that she burns or whatever in their summoning circle, which makes me think that she has ulterior motives for wanting Gawain to become a knight so that he could take arthur's place later yeah well here, here's my what i think is interesting i think yeah she orchestrates this whole thing because it cuts we see her like do the ritual i think we see those two like statues of the king and the queen and then we cut to arthur just kind of like zoned out like staring at a wall and then he's like oh and he like shakes his head and then he like immediately calls for gawain after that it's like how far ahead did she plan i don't think she just yeah summoned the night i think she's like orchestrated arthur wanting to bond with gawain and all this stuff too I mean, if this is the Morgan Le Fay, like, from some of the, like, I guess both the contemporary and some of the older stories, she's, like, basically Wiley e. Coyote for King <laughs> Arthur. She, like, always has these absurd, convoluted plots to, like, dethrone him. Like, they don't, they're, they're just crazy, yeah, spanning decades and <laughs> usually foiled by dumb luck or something like Gawain doing <laughs> what he does in this one. 
Oh, and Gwaine has a girlfriend. I forgot about that. I don't know if we... I think we mentioned her slightly. But... Yeah, yeah, yeah. In the brothel. Yeah, I kind of feel like she's sort of his voice of reason a little bit. Like, she has lines about, like, why be good when you can be great? Or, like, why be great when... Why isn't good enough? That kind of stuff. Which is a great question that they don't really do much with. (laughs) I would disagree. But um, I think it's a... Yeah, I think she's, like, an interesting character as well that holds... um, He's you can tell that he's happy with her, you know, like he's perfectly content with his life. But yeah, he's being pushed away by his societal obligations. I don't know, because when they have that scene of them talking under the tree or whatever, and she gives him the bell, uh, she's asking, it's like, aren't you happy with me? And don't you want to get married? And that'd be fine. And he just doesn't say nothing. I'm taking about I'm talking about before the Green Knight shows up. Like he is, seems really happy. He he picks her up. Like in most of these movies, the knight would just ignore the maiden as he, you know, drives away um because of what her like profession is. But in this he like picks her up, gets her on his horse, rides away to church with her. Uh, <laughs> like it's totally fine. Well, he's not a knight yet. <laughs> True, yeah. But he's he's living a happy life, I feel like. He's happy with where he's at. But then once the Green Knight sets in and he he realizes he's gotta undertake this quest, you know, like what it means to him as a person, like where he could, it could elevate him. This is his chance to prove himself. He starts to question his life decisions a little bit. So yeah, this, that's a great freaking setup for this movie. If you could tell listeners. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Anyways, he, he ends up leaving the castle. Yeah. And I gotta say what cool freaking landscape shots, boys, like the visual, landscape shots when he just left the uh the castle was riding his horse down the road was so good i loved it it's very like dark just all the like the deadness out there (laughs) this is not like yeah um what's the word i don't know glamorized at all yeah and anyways he continues on his quest and gets introduced to the real world with the small kindness where he gets robbed. Yep. <laughs> yep. Some boys out there. He, he comes across like a battlefield and there's like this guy out there just picking the dead bodies, like trying to pick stuff up, looting them, I guess is what he's doing. Um, or maybe he's waiting for people to rob. I don't know, but probably both. It tricks them into going down the river and he ends up getting jumped. Yep. Doesn't fight back or nothing, just starts begging for his life and then gets tied up and loses his axe, his horse, his (laughs) awesome holy water blessed shield. But they conveniently leave a sword behind so he can get free. Yeah, they run off after that guy because he ditches them. They've probably been collecting lots of weapons. I don't know what they've been doing out there, but there is a sword behind. Yeah, but they're all rusty and probably nasty because of the mud. So they just conveniently leave the sword behind that he uses to escape his predicament once they are gone. So that stuck out to me, this go around. So I, I, I will say on the sword thing, I think there's a couple ways to interpret his whole journey and all the challenges, right? Because like... The boy makes a comment, right? Like, Gawain's like, am I, like, am I close? Is this, like, where's the chapel at? And the boy's, you know, when he's got him down, ready to rob him, is like, this is the chapel. Like, the whole forest. I I do think there is a, at least you could speculate, theorize, that all these challenges are orchestrated by his mother. 
and that the reason he keeps getting out of them is because she's orchestrating them, making sure he doesn't die. Hmm. You think so? But then that's why she gave him the the belt. Yeah, he loses that immediately. <laughs> yeah, I think he's an idiot. She's like, I got a baby proof this whole quest for this kid. <laughs> yeah, and he instantly loses that and like everything. That's that's a cool theory right there. I like that because whenever he like leaves the castle, it has this whole like otherworldly feel to it. The setting does from like this point on. Even there's a scene in this where it shows like a skeleton tied up and it does have more of that like magical feel to the forest and it slowly pans around back to him there in reality, I guess. That is a very interesting theory. I like that, Fox. It, it's a good theory, but yeah, it, her just giving him the belt at the start makes me think that she didn't orchestrate it because then why would she have to give him the belt? You know, unless they're just wanting to keep it like in the in the story, because he has that in the story is or in the book as well. He doesn't get the belt until later in the original story, though, right? Correct. Yeah, correct. So I was like, maybe they're just giving it a bigger role in here because she gives it to him and puts the rune on it. And it's like, you won't be harmed as long as you have this on. So. And then he doesn't have it on because he gets jumped immediately. <laughs> yep, yep, and immediately loses it. He screws up. That's like a whole thing with him. He screws up a lot. Yeah, he didn't fight back at there, which you could argue, yeah, if he was a real knight, he would fight back before getting taken down by some thieves, you know, but... I think he's a coward, honestly, I do. I don't think he... He's a real knight, yeah. I don't think he even knows how to fight. I don't think he's, like, had any, like, combat experience or training. I think he's just been laying around in the bar <laughs> yeah so he just fails because he doesn't fight back or anything and he's being cowardly and begging for his life yep i mean i, I don't know do you not like that about him is that a negative for you or it's not a negative like it that it, it's kind of i don't know it, it's an, an interesting choice for how the start off is epic quest it's it's a subversion of expectations which i'm not against it, i think it's more like it, it showcases that yeah he doesn't know how to fight and that he's he's cowardly um he's not a real knight even though everybody keeps telling <laughs> keeps telling him how he's valorous and stuff before he leaves. So it's a nice wake-up call. Exactly, yeah. I, I don't have too much of a problem with this one, besides them leaving the sword behind for him to escape. The, the skeleton scene's really ominous, too, when it, like, pulls back and he's, like, laying there and it's just, like, his dead body. That's really weird. I almost saw that as, like, a... It's funny, I was thinking, it's like, is that like his respawn point, like in a different reality? He just died. <laughs> and then his mom was like, nope, let's try this again. And then the sword appeared. A rewind. When I was watching it on their stream, I thought that he was just dead. And I was like, okay, now what are they going to do? And I was like, that's interesting. But I thought they were going to follow the, the looter guy because he says, I'm going to take up your quest and runs off. I was like, wait, are we really shifting gears here? Like, what happened? But yeah, they they fooled me. I think that this whole chapter is a good introduction to, you know, like subverting your expectations, like you said, Dan, but it also introduces you to like 
this world that David Lowry has made this movie take place in, like it's a good introduction for Gawain's character to the real world outside of his castle where he's been given everything, you know, to him. And I like that. I like the otherworldly feel that this, like the forest has when they go in it. And there was a, a visual moment I had in this uh, chapter where it's just a shot of the trees like going up above and some open patch of sky, but it was very ominous, just like the shot of the forest. So that's my favorite parts about this chapter. It does look good. Like this is a gorgeous film. Technically it's astounding. It's so good. So well shot. Sound design's great. Best usage of green and yellow I've seen in a movie, <laughs> probably. Especially that, like, the skeleton scene. It looks really good there, I think, with their color, enhancing the colors and stuff. It looked cool. Oh, yeah. Looked good. But I guess should we continue on to the next quest? Yes, because this is the one I have the most problems with. Oh, the head of St. Winifred? The head of St. Winifred. What on earth does this have to do with anything in the movie? Because <laughs> I have no idea. I think this is the one he's most successful at, honestly. He still kind of messes up, but I feel like he's... I mean, how does he mess up besides he breaks into the house, but I mean, nobody lives there. He asks for like a reward. He like tries to touch her. He, yeah, he's very weird about it yeah and she's like why would you ever ask me that well he tries uh, to touch her because he's like this is a ghost this isn't a real person right that's forgivable you could you could twist that but then when he's like what do i get out of it that's like oh hmm. <laughs> well he's not a knight yet <laughs> he's trying to be right i mean he's, i guess so yeah he wants to be but mm -hmm. not very knightly yeah it, it's kind of weird i don't know he's like trying to play off his last encounter there some i think to me you know this one's all about his integrity like there's nobody else around to like even see him do this deed nobody to record it he's doing it for a ghost and he has a suspicion it's for a ghost like this one's exclusively for him i think you know is he gonna be great in his own mind and he, yeah, he still decides to be kind of weird about it, I say. But, but he succeeds, I guess. You know, he kind of has a physical test of endurance and bravery swimming down to the bottom of that lake with whatever's going on with the trippy red lights around him. That was weird, but I loved it. That was cool. I, that's a thing I don't have a theory about, but I also thought it was just so awesome. That I was <laughs> like, okay, sure. I think it has something to do with magic, because when the Green Knight shows up, and Arthur looks at Merlin and he like closes his eyes and the screen goes all red because he's doing some spell. Um, so I think that it's symbolizing that there's some otherworldly magical thing going on as he's going to get that skull. And the water drops like turn into stars like you see like the sky like through the water kind of. That was so cool. Oh man. I guess it would be kind of magical, right? Like if there's like a ghost and a skull. Maybe that's just why. <laughs> Maybe it's just ghostly and weird. I guess that could be. I, I like how you how you take that, Fox. That that does make a lot more sense because I could not figure out how this related to anything besides well uh, at the well, we'll get to that, but yeah. I think these are all, yeah, 
these are all tests for him and he succeeds he doesn't succeed very often i think this is the one he does kind of succeed i guess he still has a couple you know stumbles he but he in the end he decides to make take the like the greatness path or the honorable path you know and do it even though he didn't have to probably and he gets rewarded for it because his axe shows back up yeah which was like what (laughs) (laughs) i was very like that's another very convenient thing that just happens there i think that is i think that's literally why i think he gets a boon from uh winifred that's what he gets out of it and he gets his axe back for doing it. Mm-hmm. I think he's rewarded. Yeah, I think that he gets rewarded for doing the the quote unquote honorable thing there. I agree because I Gawain as a character to me, like he always tries to do the honorable thing all the time, even if it like ends up bad for him. He does stick to it, even if he's not great at it. <laughs> he does ultimately stick to it, and that's what I like about him. And yeah, this quest i think that's what it is it 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 kind of clashes with the tone i think because helping the ghost and getting a magical boon is more in line with the fantastical romanticized version of king arthur stories right and this has been going super realistic in the world as much as it could be so i think that kind of clashes a little bit that he just gets the axe back for doing that if that feels like a very like the ghost would be like because you did this you get to have uh i'll grant you something you've lost kind of thing it's like it's missing that scene in there i think it would have benefited from that because i mean it gets more fantastical the closer he gets to the green knight Right. So I think having that scene would have cleared up more of the confusion that I had personally when I was watching it make and make it feel more earned as opposed to being like, okay, now he has his axe back for whatever reason, you know? Yeah, it is very vague. Like, like I I didn't really think about it until I watched it this time. The reason maybe it was just a boon because she does. She gives him more than that. She gives him some like weird, vague information as well about. um the Green Knight is someone you know. She has like a really weird quote. I actually wrote it down. Let me see what she says exactly. Oh, yeah. You should read that off because every time it's like whispered and I never understand it. <laughs> Thank God I can have this movie on with subtitles now because it is kind of hard to understand them sometimes with their accents and the way they talk. Um, But she says, Now I can see thee, and I will strike thee down with every care I have for thee. The Green Knight is someone you know. Hmm. I don't know what that first part means. I don't either. It, it, that's a nice way to build like suspense, I guess. And the like, who's the Green Knight? You know, but they don't really answer that. So, I think it's the mom. I think the mom. It's her, her creation. It's her. She's the one who's doing this. I think that's what that means. Yeah, I think you're right. I think so too. But uh, I don't know. It's like. They don't give Gawain any other clues to figure it out, so it's it kind of is just weird that they even put it in there if they don't address it any later. He gets like flashes of his mom later. Yeah, in a very weird way, uh, which we'll talk about. But um... I think the there's a fox that says something about like come home with me or something like that too. Yeah, 
I, I do think Gawain might not be the sharpest tool in the shed, because like other people in the kingdom seem to be aware or have a suspicion that his mother is a witch. And it seems like Gawain is like, nah, that's just mom. It's just mom being mom. You <laughs> just know? mom things, right? Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't think he's putting two and two together, that it's not at all suspicious that she chose not to come to the feast. And here comes the green knight. He's like, oh, yeah. Just doing mom things on Christmas. <laughs> She's wrapping presents. She was. Yeah. She wrapped the belt. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. That makes sense. He's not the smartest guy. Which is an interesting way to take your main character. He's dumb. He's not always the most honorable guy. You know, he's not the greatest guy. I think he's he I think he is a good man, like that deep down, you know, but once he tries to prop himself up and be something he's not, things go not quite the way he wants them to. Yeah, that's why I like him, I think, is because he is fallible. And even if he has a good heart, you know, things don't always, you know, go that well. And maybe sometimes his insecurities outweigh his good heart. And he's dumb, unfortunately. Sometimes. <laughs> it happens. What are you going to yeah. do? It's the old days, man. Not, not many people were that smart, to be honest. But then he leaves, if we're ready to move on. Yeah, let's let's move on. The brief intermission. Yeah, isn't it called the intermission, this chapter? An interlude, yeah. It does kind of feel like that. I'll give it that. He kind of just wanders around. He meets a fox, meets some giants, takes some shrooms. Yeah. <laughs> well, he takes the shrooms before he meets the giants, so I'm not convinced that he wasn't tripping balls when he saw the giants. That could be. Yeah, you're right. Man, can we just talk how the giants look so awesome and creepy? They're like big nude people. Yeah, and they start like singing when the fox howls. Oh, man, that was so cool. And that's another instance of dumb Gwen like shouting out to these giants. And, like, <laughs> Why don't you pick me. me up real quick? <laughs> <laughs> and the giants like gonna squish him, I assume. Uh, that's why the fox stops him. But you get that cool scene of him with the axe on the cover, though. So yeah, that is cool. I'm about that. I do love the cool shots in this movie. And there was an interesting. This is this time I thought about this a little bit when he after he takes the shrooms, he sees like a vision of like the Green Knight. But at first, to me, it kind of looked like his mom, like with the um, the hairstyle she had, like a silhouette. I thought it looked like her a little bit at first, and then it flashes again, and it looks more like the Green Knight. I, I thought that might have been kind of a clue, too. I concur with that. It's hard to tell, though. Yeah, it's very dark. What a cool shot there, too. Oh, my gosh. I will say, too, I noticed from watching the 4K that it is much darker than the blu-ray version of this movie is like i think it's too dark in some or in a lot of the movie i think i might prefer the blu-ray over it actually <laughs> it was it, it had a high contrast yeah it was like so dark the quality was too good it was like you were right there by yeah <laughs> <laughs> somebody turned on the lights on, you're on set with Gawain <laughs> while he's tripping <laughs> Yeah, that, I don't mean, it was the interlude, yeah, it looked cool, I don't know what it's supposed to mean, if anything, but, you know, it's fantasy, so it's fine. It's his journey, him walking around, you know, there's still, yeah, and there's still some weird character stuff with, like, the giants and stuff, not a lot, but, and with the fox, he's kind of mean to that poor fox at well, first. Well, he doesn't know it's a special fox. 
How do you feel about that, Fox? Oh. I was offended by his rudeness. You're the only special Fox for me, Fox. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. But re- <laughs> this interlude, I, if it has any purpose, all I can think is that if the Fox is controlled or is another, you know, his mother shape shifted, it's just another example of how this quest is baby proofed for him. Because he's like, hey, giants. You want to help me take a shortcut on my journey? Like, not even thinking about that they're giants, I guess. And the fox is like, no! No! They're gonna crush you! What are you talking about? You're gonna fall off the shoulder and plummet to your death, like... I love how that fox, like, looks up at him like, wait, what? (laughs) 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 They should have, like, a Scooby-Doo, like, ruh-roh. That would have been funny. (laughs) Oh, that would have been great. Yeah, so he does, he wanders the forest, and eventually he's, like, about to pass out, and he finds this castle. Which I want to talk about the pass-out scene, because I'm a little suspicious about this scene, too. I've... I could be wrong about this because this is more vague than even like the silhouette of his mom when he's hallucinating. But what it kind of looked like to me when I was watching, I paused it and rewound it. And it's like at an angle that you can't really tell. But it looked like there was nothing there at first. And then he passes out, goes to the ground. The fox goes ahead, turns around, gets his attention. He gets up and then, yeah, you can kind of like see the lights of the castle there. Like as if it wasn't there at first, but then was magically appeared. I would say that this is the only one of these tests we could confirm is maybe influenced by her mother, his mother, based on the old story. I didn't catch that, but it it could be because he's like, we won't be here um, when you come back. Yeah. And like I said, it's like shot in such a way that I still think you can never be 100% sure exactly. Because I like rewound it, I was like, all right, I'm looking for it this time. And I think it's like just at the, an angle, like it's just like behind that tree. So it's like, you can't really tell, but that's my theory this time. It was never there until the Fox went to check and then came back. But yeah, then he, he goes inside, passes out and is awakened by, he thinks his mother, but then it's uh, this old guy who wants to uh, help him. Joel Edgerton. Yeah. I love that dude. I do like him. I like everybody here. What am I saying? It just goes without saying for me. Yeah, all the acting is awesome. Yeah, I'm just happy when anybody shows up pretty much in this movie. Yeah, I will admit, I don't know what happened in this section. It always confuses me when they get to this part. So I don't, I've been trying to dissect it and I can't. This is one of the ones that's like uh, probably like truest to like the OG story, I would say. Yeah, this is the only one I recognized. Yeah, it in some ways it is because in the in the book, well, story I should say it's not really a book. In the story, the Lord Joel Edgerton is the Green Knight. Mm-hmm. I did read that. I don't think he is here. Yeah, if only I guess I, I guess in my head canon they're both constructs of the mom. They kind of look the same, I guess, but I don't think they're played by the same person. No, they're not. They're not. But so he's there, and then there's the old lady wearing the blindfold, like the mom did during the Green Knight summoning, and um, Alicia Vikander is here too, who she's playing his girlfriend in the brothel as well so it's the same actress what yep oh my god (laughs) that blew my mind i didn't realize that huh 
That that lends credibility to Fox's theory that a lot of this one is a construct of the mom, which we can get into more with the rest of it. But yeah, so she's the same. Well, not this. I don't know if she's the same or not, but it's the same actress playing the daughter of the Lord here who seduces Gawain. I think that's his wife. I don't even think that's his daughter. I thought it was his wife, too. Oh, maybe I, maybe I was wrong. <laughs> I guess I, I assumed wife because she's wife in the OG, but I guess, yeah, they never specify in this one. They never have like a scene of like, yeah, the Lord and his wife like kissing or something weird like that, you know? I would say they even kind of make a point of like specifying that these two aren't necessarily your traditional husband and wife. Maybe that's why I thought they were like the daughter. I think I think they've got a very special relationship. I would say. <laughs> uh, I would say, is it, what's the word? Swingers an appropriate word for this? <laughs> Could be. This felt to me like this was the even if this wasn't like conjured up, which I think it is like a thing that this mom created. But it feels like just like a bunch, a couple middle aged couple living out in the woods that have a a game that they like to play with strangers and they know how this goes every time. It does feel like that. You wanna play a game. <laughs> oh man, if that twist if like the floor mat had opened up, he fall down a pit and then it's oh, like God. <laughs> You failed the game and the green knights in the background. But yeah, let's talk about this one. This one is kinda interesting. It's very different than the other ones. It's not quite as well, it is still kind of fantastical, but it's weird, but I really like it. It It is weird. There's one thing I don't like in it, and it's David Lowry being very, very pretentious. So Dev Patel is wandering around in the library, and Alicia Vikander comes in, and he's like, man, look at all these books. I didn't know they were all here. And she's telling him all that she does. She's like, yeah, I read them all. I... um." transpose them and sometimes i improve upon the story and man when she said that the first time i was watching it i was like man just shut your dang mouth david lowry oh. <laughs> you be quiet this story has lasted from an anonymous writer for hundreds of freaking years don't you even dare here's how i took that she's not he's not talking about the story she's talking about um Gwen in that instance i think as his mom. That was also how I took it. <laughs> She's looking at him and it's like, I'm putting you on this quest to make you better, to make you great. And it's like, I sometimes I, yeah, improve upon things. I think that's the subtext to that scene. I don't know if Lowry's saying that. And also, it could be a meta thing because it wasn't the Green Knight like rewritten thousands of times. And it, it's been redone lots of st times. Yeah. It could be just a hint at that as well. I don't think he's trying to be like, I've written the best Green Knight story in this. I don't really think he takes it that way. I, I could see him doing that. I don't know. I also kind of took it as, so like some people interpret the Green Knight story as like a satire about Christianity. And I'm not going to say that I don't think David Lowry does the same thing. And back in that time, books were pretty much exclusively written by monks. So I kind of also took this as maybe as her being like, hmm, don't know about how these monks interpret things. Maybe I'll just uh, make this better. I like what you guys said earlier about it being the mom talking to him 
though. That that makes more sense in context than it just being Did I like a jab. <laughs> yeah. But who knows? That's a vague one though. I mean, that one's tricky. That that's how I took it at first though. I was not like I was slowly getting more disappointed with the movie as it went on and so that I heard that and I was like, "Okay, I know you're a bit pretentious, but this is a little too much." See, he is a pretentious director. I guess so, yeah. I don't know. As pretentious is like in the eye of the beholder, I think, really. Like, what do you think he's going for? I think he's going for a lot, but in my opinion, I think he nails it. So does that make him pretentious? Does it make you pretentious? It could make me pretentious, <laughs> that's for sure. I'm talking, yeah, that's the thing. Well, like, you didn't my make it. Yeah, but I'm interpreting. Maybe I'm interpreting more than there actually is in that. That could make me a pretentious guy as well. Like, I mean, I don't know. I guess it could, yeah. I guess so. I don't know. I, 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 that's just a weird word. I don't know if that... I don't know. I, I've always had a weird like thing with that word. It's, like, it's all in the eye of the beholder to me. I just... I don't know. It doesn't... Directors, they can go for what they want. And it's, it's always... In the, the grand scheme of things, it's up to the, the audience. And I guess maybe I'm pretentious. I'd be more willing to accept that, I think. <laughs> you know, at the risk of being pretentious, I, I would say this conversation is kind of inevitable with yes. this movie. <laughs> because, I mean, yeah, I, I think it, it definitely could easily be interpreted as pretentious or not, I guess. I, I, I you know, it is very open-ended. Like, I, I mean, from the beginning, I, I definitely will not argue that it is totally open-ended into everybody's personal interpretation. Yeah, this movie goes for a lot of stuff, and it's going to hit some things with you, and it's not going to hit other things with you. So, um, like, for this sequence with me, I think it was too long. Um, David Lowry does the same thing in a ghost story where he has one character basically say a, a, a ton of dialogue and exposition about what he's trying to say with the movie. That happens in this a few times, and I don't really like the, I guess you could call it test, where he's like in bed and she jumps him, and we have to see something that I was like, I don't know, kind of weirded <laughs> me out. I was like, dude, that didn't need to be in this movie, but. He had to get his rag used for a specific substance back. The sin-stained sash. A reminder, every time he wears that, he's going to be thinking about that. Which is part of, like, the old story. Although it's, I don't think there's any blowing your load early in the old story. <laughs> but he does feel bad that he gets it for that exact reason. <laughs> I like how he, he blows his load early and then she's immediately dissing him for it, too. That was really funny. <laughs> I do think it's funny. I mean, because, like, not only does he, like, throw away his integrity, but he fails at being a bad person, even. I get why it's there. But I don't know it. This time for me, when I saw it in a little bit more high resolution, I was kind of like, Ugh. like I, I, I didn't need to see that on my Blu-ray, David. <laughs> Thank you, though. Usually, usually that stuff doesn't bug me, but for some reason in this movie, it did. It does. It makes it hit home. I think doesn't make it. It makes it very clear what has happened. Which that's kind of, kind of in contrast surprisingly with the rest of the film too actually like i don't think they needed that in there it didn't like it yeah it's gross but it didn't like offend me really i don't think not the right word usage but you get what i mean 
I do like that because, like Fox said, this is the closest thing to the actual story um, where he fails the seduction test. I mean, that's a classic in King Arthur stuff anyways. I do like how, like, she's wearing the, like, rune belt or whatever, and he, she's all, she's like, you've got to take it from me to get it right, and so it's a nice symbolization of him, like, taking what he really wants. It was good, it was good, like, I, I thought it fired on all cylinders there. It's very tense, honestly, yeah, you're like, oh my god, like, you're like, because you're kind of like, no, you can't do this, Gwen, you can't. And then, but you're also like, oh my God. <laughs> yeah, he's Dang. like, I want it. I want it. <laughs> and then she starts saying like exactly what his mom said to him. And then it gets weird. And I was like, oh. <laughs> it does get weird. Yeah. But are we done with this one? Are we ready for the. Uh, oh, well, no, I like that. There's some more to say here. Yeah. The twist at the end. Well, it's not really a twist, but. Yeah, uh, what's this? Uh, what's the deal with it? Um, the the Lord is like, yeah, I get to have whatever you get out of my house, and I'll give you everything I hunt out in the woods or whatever. They get it's like a trade, and there's kind of a fun discussion in that fireplace scene. But I like the thing at the end where <laughs> there's some more like kind of I guess tension at the end where yeah he comes up and he's like, you know, I want what I'm owed, and you're like, oh, oh my, and it seems like. Gwen's not totally against it at first. He kind of hesitates, you know, after a kind of semi-passion kiss. I don't know. He was not expecting it. He didn't know what to do. <laughs> he was <at> least <laughs> he is stunned, yeah. <laughs> it was weird, but I liked it. Yeah, no, I'd agree. It, it's weird, and I... I don't know, yeah. That's, I guess, kind of why I felt like he might be a construct of the mom. Like, the mom's like, I don't necessarily know what you're into, but I'm just going to throw everything <laughs> out there. I thought they were honestly going to go further with it till he takes him, puts his hand away. I was like, oh, wow. I, I, I don't know with that one. Like, I'm not sure what it adds to the movie, really. Because, I mean, what he got from, I guess he got two things. He got some, he got some loving and got the belt, right? So the obvious thing is he's going to, he needs to give joel edgerton the belt right so um but he doesn't do that and instead he goes for a kiss instead i i don't know i don't know why it felt kind of it felt kind of weird to me because it's i mean it makes sense with the with the wife um because it's the same actress who's playing his lover at the brothel and everything I think that's another honor thing. Like, he, he's in this game, and he refuses to commit, even if it is, you know, awkward. I mean, I, that would be a pretty awkward situation to be in if you're not into that kind of thing. But I think that is, he kind of just runs off. He doesn't fulfill his end of the bargain in that situation once again. Yeah, and he just lets him go. Because he knows what happened, for sure. <laughs> oh, yeah, you can tell. He knows. And like I said, I think this couple's into this kind of thing. I think that's the whole plan. <laughs> that seems possible. I think that, like, I was like, all right, honey, you get your chance with him, and I'll I'll do the whole game thing, and then when I show up, he's got to do it with me, too. I <laughs> think that's, like, their their little, like, shtick that they got going on. See, I, actually, I like that approach to it. That's that's good. <laughs> that is funny. I, I almost feel like Dave Lowry, like, has some issues with the OG story, though. Well, because, like, twice, you know, Gawain uses trickery 
to kind of win. You know, this being like he does. Gawain kisses the Lord for the wife's kisses in the OG. But like the Lord isn't the one that's like, I'm going to give you a kiss. <laughs> and then, I mean, we'll get to the next one in the chapel because, I mean, you know, Gawain doesn't take off the belt in the original. But I, in both of these instances, he kind of reverses it. And I do feel like it, you know, that maybe might lend a little bit of credence to your uh, criticism of the I improve upon the story where I feel it can be improved. Because it is. I mean, it, yeah, it's a reference to the old one, but done in a different way. Yeah, but that's the whole movie, isn't it? It's reference to the old one, but done in a very different way. Uh, like, not that's so just... much the robbery part and the head of St. Winifred's kind of like a speculative thing. And that's like, don't get me wrong. I have nothing against them changing things up. But, you know, it just hit a little too close to the home in that specific scene when they're talking about stories and books um, written by people. And she's like, I'm making it better. And it's like, that's to be seen still, dude. No, yeah. I, I, yeah. I mean, like these, you know, these are the two instances where like he's like kind of using stuff actually in the old story. But yeah, he changes it up, like specifically changes these specific things that are there instead of just like, you know, adding in giants and sickly King Arthur and like broader, more vague plot points. And I'm not sure it's better with the changes he makes to it, you know, because it's usually you make a change to to make it better right and if if he does and it is better then yeah fine that he can he can smell his own farts all day long if that's how the end product is but i'm not sure it's better in this instance like like i was saying it doesn't having the roles reversed doesn't i don't i don't know i'm not maybe i'm just not getting what he's going for because he's not communicating it well or i i don't know I don't know. I, that's a lot of this movie for me. It's not communicated very clearly, and that's why I have issues with it. I'm just, it's like, why can't people just tell a good story, you know? <laughs> you know, I honestly don't under really understand it either, but I'm kind of with TV where I, I kind of like it. I don't know. I even kind of think it's a little amusing, I guess, even. I think I've been, yeah, on the record. I like these weird, vague movies, too. I don't always, you know, I like to... That's that's part of a lot of the fun of this movie for me is pondering what it means and thinking about it. Like I like that I don't get a clear answer and that I can kind of come up with my own thing. And it, it makes for fun discussions, like what we're having. Like there's a lot of a lot of interpretations that you can have with this. Um, I think yeah, he explicitly tries to make it vague, which you know that's going to work for some people. It's going to work for others, but or wait, no, I just said it would work for both parties. It won't work for some people, but it will work for <laughs> others. Um, but yeah, that's just I like. The, when movies do that for the most part sometimes i mean i'm sure i could think of stuff that i don't like when they do that but in this case i think he really nails the, that vibe in a really particular way that i enjoy he does get the vibe yes i will agree with that i would prefer a stronger story structure over it which leads very nicely into into the actual green knight confrontation yeah i had another visual moment here Ooh, there's a couple, yeah. Yeah, when Gawain is standing in, like, the doorway of the green chapel, holding his axe as a silhouette, and it's, like, orange in the background. Ooh, so good. I love the lighting in this area. Very man thing, reminiscent. 
<laughs> man thing. Lots of orange, lots of green. Mm. <laughs> yeah, this whole MC. I mean, I think the whole movie looks great, but yeah, just the the visuals, the way his like coat pops with that yellow. Mmm. We need to bring back cloaks so I can get a nice yellow cloak like that. It looked warm and fashionable. <laughs> yes, it did. So like we get to the final area here and he goes up and he just waits for the green knight he's just sitting there sleeping yes and that's that's an aspect i like about this movie i think that really gets that vibe throughout the whole thing of like impending doom almost where it's like you just like signed a pact with your death and now you have to wait a whole year to go face it if you choose to i mean like and anybody was right mind why would you even go like you probably shouldn't you know you're just gonna get your head chopped off right which is that's what i want to him to delve into like why why are you doing it and that's that's the main problem i have with it is it doesn't really answer it why are you doing it like everybody wants him to be a knight but does he really want to be a knight i guess so because of what happens at the end but i'm not convinced that his journey actually made him want to be a knight when he got there it depends on how yeah you take the 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 ending but um i like i just like that that idea of like he, he like he's basically like socially obligated like everyone around him's like you're the green knight guy right you're gonna go fight him and the king even the king like the guy i guess he respects most of all i i don't know it seems like i'd, it. I'd hope so <laughs> in this movie at least you know yeah and uh it's like you must go you must face him um and it's just just that idea of that yeah like He's just marching his who is doom, really. And that's what the fox is even trying to tell him when he like gets to the river. Like, why are you doing this? You don't have to do this. Like, you could just go home and make up any ending to this tale that you want. Like, you don't have to just get your head lopped off. <laughs> yeah, I think that part right there, Terry, is a interesting commentary on honor that this movie brought up. And I've been thinking about it ever since because, yeah, he could have definitely left and told them whatever he wanted happened there and i think the movie kind of presents at least to me what i was thinking was maybe some of the other knightly figures of the court may have done that as well because who knows if they completed their tales i think you're on to something yeah and i think that that is one of the themes and commentaries that this movie kind of presents um, like a weird commentary on honor for me and how, you know, chivalry interacts with it. I don't know. I might just be spitting out words here. No, no. I agree. I agree. And, and another thing too, because we didn't talk about the conversation at the Lord's Castle too much. There's one thing they bring up there where they're like, they're basically saying, how does doing one honorable deed change you as a person does it really negate everything else that you've done or mean that you're a changed man and they kind of laugh at it which i appreciated because i was like oh he's taking a stance on something that he's brought up now finally you know <laughs> and, it, and it does it's a good point and it makes sense um but that's really the only time like he goes into it and then later after when Gawain chooses to take the belt off, they don't give a good reason why. So, and, and it kind of ties into what Mike was saying too. Like, it presents all these ideas, but I don't think he gives. I I would I would have liked him to have given 
at least his take on it, you know, because I really liked a ghost story, like I said, and I think he had a nice, unique take on why life's worth living in that one. And I appreciated seeing his viewpoint on there. And he doesn't do that in this one. And I was like, I would have really liked to see what your viewpoint would have been coming off of that movie in this, you know, because it's a really interesting thing um, to discuss and think about. But for me, there's not really, I don't know, there's not any reason for him to take it off. He's not done anything on his quest or said anything that makes me think that he wants to be a knight finally when he gets to the end. I think that whole flashback's him realizing what he'll become if he doesn't take the belt off. That's just like what could happen though. Like I don't much like these fake out endings in movies <laughs> anyways, so I didn't I wasn't a huge fan that that it was kind of a fake out ending and they spent so much time on it, you know? It was cool a cool like summarization of what could happen if he went back. I think it's him realizing the person he's going to become. I don't know. I mean, it's like the possible future. It's like Ghost of Christmas Future pretty much, you know? Ooh, basically this Christmas. Yeah, it is. The Green Knight is the Ghost of Christmas Future. <laughs> yeah, I, know. I mean, we, we just talked about the fireplace scene though, right? So like, honestly, I would say with this end scene, we, we, we just talked about does doing one good deed change who you are i don't think it matters if he leaves or if he stays and doesn't get his head cut off that might be his future either way i mean yeah is doing this one thing if he goes through with it gonna change him or is he still gonna become that king and suck and die that's kind of how i take it i, I think it's a possible future no matter what he decides right then i think that's kind of this whole movie is you know can you change who you are through one act I think you're right, because in that conversation, they talk about the green a lot, like the colors, and how men always want yellow and red. And I mean, that kind of ties back to the early conversations about how blood has been spilt for the king and all this stuff. And at the end, like, does it matter? Like, death is always lurking around the corner. The green always wins. Like, it's just waiting there, lurking, the impending doom. Everybody's got that feeling, no matter who you are whether he's sitting in front of the Green Knight waiting for his head to be lopped off or whether it's like 50 years in the future where he's just sitting on his throne waiting for the enemy armies to come barging in and kill him anyways. Like, no matter what he chooses, like, the ending is the same. What a bummer. <laughs> <laughs> I, I like how we got to see kind of his reactions and they brought back his girlfriend and, like, how that was going to impact him in the future if he stood on this path that he was going. And I mean, there's not a like single word said there for, I don't know how long it is. It felt like 20 minutes. That was like five, six minutes, I think. I don't know. It felt like a long time and not a single word said. And what a visual feast too. Like when they put the crown on his head, oh man, I was loving that. And I, I love the scene where Dev Patel like looks at Alicia Vikander and they both just look at each other and you can feel like the emotions just in those looks that mm -hmm. they give each other. I was like, oh man, that's powerful. So I agree with you though, Dan, the like fake out ending felt weird the first time I watched this. I was like, wait, what? 
And it it sat weird with me, but knowing it was coming this time, I was able to appreciate that scene a lot more. I like the scene. It's well done. I just don't like the context and how it was used, you know? Like, I would have much preferred that instead of doing that, like, he gets there, makes his choice, and then, like, they have that scene after he makes the choice, you know? Just to see how it plays out, because then that... If they would have, he would have done it that way. He could have tied up all these questions that he like puts in there. Like, you know, does doing just this one thing, if he goes there, um, and the night is like in the story where he just nicks him because he wears the belt and doesn't actually cut his head off, and then he gets to go back, and then they could explore. Okay, he's done the honorable deed, so is he going to be different? or not they could have explored that more just just as an example you know so it it, it's frustrating to me because i'm seeing like what he could have done as opposed to what he did to me i feel like he explores it a lot but he doesn't actually like land anywhere which well he kind of does i don't know it depends on how you look at it i guess but i think he got me to explore a lot in my own mind thinking about these things. Oh, that's yeah, that could be too. Yeah. And I, I appreciate that. Um, but I also do get wanting more of a concrete ending there, Dan. It, it's going to go to like, you know, personal preference, what you want out of this. So yeah, for sure. And like, like I wanted to see what he, what he had to say on this. Cause I really liked a ghost story, you know? And I thought that was interesting. I was like, he could he could bring something, a unique new take to this tale with the subject matter he deals with, but he doesn't really do it. <laughs> At least not with the story. The technical aspects are all pretty good. Hmm, so let me ask, you guys think he got his head chopped off at the end? That's the question. That is the question. I think he does. I think so, too. I don't think so. Gonna stand by what I said earlier and say I'm not sure if it mattered. <laughs> I don't think it does, yeah. But I don't know, yeah. I, I, I think the way he smiles kind of harkens back to the OG where, yeah, he's like, I'm gonna kill you, but not really. <laughs> it's like, the, the test for you was, are you going to show up? That was the test. Was he gonna be honorable to their arrangement and show up that was what the test was he wasn't going to to lop his head off but in the book yeah he doesn't take the belt off right that's going to protect him and that's why he gives him a nick he's like you did show up but you still kind of you you didn't fail completely but you know you did you were looking out for yourself still instead of being trusting or whatever you know, which fair enough, especially in this movie. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> but but in this one, he takes the belt off after having his little look forward in the future scene. And it's like, I guess I don't like who I become in that. So I'm going to take the belt off and I'd, I'd rather get my head chopped off than become that, which is a neat way to take it. But it kind of, I don't know. It's dark, but I like that. Yeah. It doesn't make that much sense, though, either. At least not for me. Because, um, you know, anything could happen in the future, right? He doesn't have to go that way with it or 
anything. So it's like, it, it feels messy because he wanted to be ambiguous. I don't know. Yeah, it's all about him like going to meet his destiny. And I guess he's got, I mean, this film shows me two options. And I, that's all I really took from it. Um, I guess you're right. Maybe, I mean, I don't know. It's his, Maybe that's his destiny. Maybe that's his fate. It's a vision. I don't know. But um, I, I, I like how uh, Fox had an interest. We were talking about this when we first saw it. And he had a really like positive like ending. That I was like, oh, I didn't even think about it. I just assumed he was dead after that. Like I thought the Green Knight was just happy. Like, because he's like, she did choose like the truly honorable path. He's going to go through with it no matter what. And the, the knight's just like, ah, good for you. Now off with your head. And then we cut the credits and I was like, all right. <laughs> Time to die. Exactly. <laughs> Which, man, I, I kind of like that too, but. I'm still not sure. Yeah, I might still be on that. I don't know. You know, I do kind of like that. I wish he would have chosen, because I think it has more impact here than in a ghost story. Because, yeah, Fox was on the something with. The end of this, he's definitely trying to be similar to the how he ended a ghost story, right? But I feel like in a ghost story, this the structure of the story is so much better than this that it really it doesn't matter if he reads that note or not at the end of that movie, right? It's for him alone. It doesn't matter what's on it. But on this one, I think it, it does kind of matter if he gets his head la lopped off or not because it's the culmination of the answers to being honorable that he's been talking about this whole movie you know and i'm still not convinced that he would take the belt off either from what i've seen in this in the story so far i'm not convinced he would wouldn't leave that belt on because i mean uh he went through a lot to get that back he's been screwed over ever since he left so i'm like Man, if I was in his position, I would have left the belt on. Screw this, man. <laughs> maybe that's just me projecting myself onto the character. And maybe that's what David Lowry has intended since he kind of leaves him a not completely a blank slate, but, you know, leaves a lot of room for interpretation in here. I think it's fair to say that might be the intent is for yeah, you to project your own feelings on the matter, like onto the character in that last moment. Yeah, because I kind of felt like he, he was, when he has that conversation with the fox at the end, it, it gave me the vibe that he was like, this is my last chance, he's kind of desperate, he's got to do this, like, he, he's going to make the right choice no matter what, he's going to succeed in this test, like, that, he's not going home, he doesn't, he's he's not going to do it. I think at the end here, you know, Gwen is basically proving this to himself, and everybody in the movie has tried to influence him, it feels like, up to this point. And then when he finally gets there, he's like, okay, yeah, I need to do this for me. Um, because this is the person I want to be. I That's how I feel Gwen is taking that decision at the end. And I like that because, uh, you know, I, he's relatable at that point, at least for me. And I guess I... I do think you maybe you could take it another way too with like the head thing. Like if you take it as he's not going to die, I think it's about the choice though. Like the honorable choice. It's not necessarily like it might not necessarily be die or run away and come a monster, but die or take the honorable choice of taking the belt off. Cause maybe he does get spared, you know, but he's become a better person because of it, because he decided to finally take the true quote unquote, correct path to honor or greatness or whatever. Um, I don't know. 
There's a lot of ways you can take this ending. Yeah. I I just wish you would have picked something because then it would give you something to, to compare the rest of the film to. Because it's like, if he decides, you know, this is stupid. I'm just going to go. It's not worth, my honor is not worth this stupid game, right? Then you can go back and then you could be like, okay, so yeah, he, he values his life and what he has currently with his um, girlfriend in the brothel and he's happy with who he is. That's fine, right? And then if he takes the belt off and then he gets his head cut off, it's more the tragic story like, you know, he tried to do right and then he did right in the end and was it worth it? But since he doesn't commit, it makes it hard to draw the complete circle. Yeah, all he commits to is taking that belt off. That's really the only commitment that he makes, which that's enough for me, I think. It's good because it's his character arc, but like I said, since he's so light on the story throughout the rest of it, I'm not completely sold on him what doing that, you know? All I can think of is that maybe it's just like a contrast to the beginning in that, you know, Gawain doesn't have to cut his head off, but he's like, I'm going all in, baby. You know, go big or go home. And then we get to the end here, and I, maybe maybe he does decide to just be an idiot. Maybe he is like, you know what? Death before <laughs> dishonor. I'm going in all the way. <laughs> like maybe the Green Knight smiles like, you moron. Yeah. <laughs> maybe the Green Knight expected them to run away, too. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, yeah, I uh, I do think it's another moment that might be kind of a, a, I'm not a criticism necessarily, but a commentary by Dave Lowry on how, you know, it is like the, the chivalric code is like romanticized in King Arthur, but the story's an example of where like, you know, Gawain kind of does maybe cheat a little bit, but like it's okay because does it make, does it really make any sense being like a good knight? To like off yourself essentially in a challenge like this just for What's honor when you could do yeah more good in the rest of the world like yeah i guess it is a commentary but not so much an answer yeah and like if you hadn't guessed from our many other discussions on ambiguous movies i very much do prefer the traditional story structure over ambiguity so it's more satisfying for me anyways to experience that and then critique it or draw parallels to it. Makes sense. I get it. It's a very weird movie, and yeah, definitely. I could see why. Yeah, when I remember when you told me you watched it, Dan, and I was like, ooh, I bet Dan loved this, and you're like, hmm, I don't know. And I was like, you know what, actually? <laughs> that kind of makes sense. <laughs> I don't know why. I, I just assumed we'd all love it, because I loved it so much. But I was like, you know, Dan isn't as big into this stuff as I am, the ambiguous stuff. This is the second time I've watched it, and I've just felt the same way this time as I did the first time. I was very, well, I was less disappointed this go-around since I knew what to expect. Um, but I was very upset and disappointed the first time I saw it, because I was expecting a, a really good story like a ghost story, or something more akin to that, you know? And I, I liked that movie a lot. <laughs> And see, I, I didn't, I liked Ghost Story, but I didn't love it. You know, I thought it was okay. Um, whereas this one, it was like, yeah, well, obviously, I feel like it's obvious by this point that I really do love this movie. Um, yeah. <laughs> it's just, yeah, it's funny how 
different stuff works for different people. Come here. What worked for me the most in this movie was, you know, just the cinematography of it and the sound design. Like, this movie looked so good, guys. I was so pumped to watch it just to watch it and see the shots. Like, when they do the wide landscape shots, everything's in focus. Like, it looks so good. I'm just in awe watching this movie. And sound design, the Green Knight, he sounds so cool. Every time he moves, it's like a big oak with wind coming through, you know, and moving it slowly. And he looks so cool, too. I loved all that stuff way more than I loved the story this go around. I was like, oh, this is so good just to watch. Oh, yeah. Everything in this is great. Like, I think my favorite scene or shot was him when he was following the giants and that, like, barren, I don't even know what landscape you'd call that. That was really cool, I thought. I loved what they did with the Green Knight. I thought he looked pretty cool. And it goes back to the earth reclaiming everything at when you're dead, which is cool. I wish they would have done something more with the axe since it caused plants to grow around it. But, you know. I did like that touch. I do kind of wish they would have done more with that. Yeah. Mm. Have we completed our challenge? <laughs> I feel like we might have. I think so. Like, I've still got questions about the mom's endgame and who Arthur's son is that's not there. And <laughs> I can get it out quick. I think she was setting it up so that way Gawain could be king and she could, like, get the benefits of being his mom while he's king. That's what I think. Who do you think his son, like, Arthur's actual son was here in this instance? I think he's dead, maybe, and that's why Gawain gets it. But, like, who? Because in a lot of other iterations, Morgan's other kid is Mordred. Uh, he's, so, do you think that's who was his son in this? I don't know. Like, do you think he's dead and this is her backup plan? He'd have to be dead, because then why would Gawain get the crown afterwards, you know? I think she, like, cast a spell on them, too, to make them sick and die. Yeah, I think it's pretty much the 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 idea of that is yeah she's she's trying to connive it so that yeah he either so that he can finally get his chance at greatness and become great you know or he had to become the king if that was her master plan all along but either way she wants him out there doing this quest. It's true. Well, I saw that Dave Lowry said that this was like yeah kind of like a thing where he was trying to you know talk about his own struggles being pushed to be an adult. Oh, I can see that. But then it's like, is this an evil scheme or just a coming of age plan? Yeah, maybe she's trying to give him like a softball. Like eventually he's going to have to do this anyways. But why not send the old jolly green knight, you know, to have your fun, playful game. And then. <laughs> <laughs> oh, crap. He cut his head off. What a <laughs> moron. Exactly. Yeah. I think there's stuff that could be said about this movie for hours. I suppose we should move on to our overall presentation. Um we got a scale that we use to rate these movies that goes from burn it, pass, watch it, or buy it in that order. We're all going to give a little spiel about what we think, and then we'll uh, we'll just have to see, I guess, what fate beholds the Green Knight. Does it matter? Will it be an honorable fate? Will the Green Knight run away screaming? Hmm, we'll find out. But it does remind me, you know, 
I've had quite the uh, the the journeys in the past, you know. I've told many a tale about times I've been out and about, and it reminded me of the time. One of my most earliest memories is when you know there was like this. Um, I went to this old kingdom and I met this this king, and he wanted me to sit by his side, and he said, "Ah, tell me a tale so I may know thee." And I was like, "Uh." I don't got any, but this guy over here, he's probably got some. And I went and sat back down, and it was Mike. <laughs> oh, yeah. So I think it's only right that Mike tells his tale first. I'll do it. Uh, my tale, and I gave my hand away earlier, was that I bought this movie. I saw it at Target, and I immediately bought it. Like, this is an impulse buy for me. For the visuals alone, this movie looks so good. Like, Oh my gosh, I loved it. Every single shot in this movie. I enjoyed watching it and listening to it the most. But it's got a real cool like story underneath it and commentary on like honor and chivalry and translating it to modern times and I like that. And I like Gwen's character in this movie. So this is a buy it from Mike for just those things, but there's a lot in this movie. I mean, we've talked about it for quite a while, so yeah, you can get a lot out of this. So buy it from Mike, but mostly for the visuals. Totally. I mean, you know, even as like I said earlier, I coming out of the theaters, I was pretty torn on this one. You know, I, I grew up on King Arthur stories and had a bunch of books and movies, whatever, you know. So I was like, Oh, finally, we're getting back to King Arthur. It's literally been like decades. And then I got this and I was like, I don't even know what to think about this. But the more I've, you know, thought about it, I've seen it three times now, watched it last night and then put it on the day just to just to keep it going again. I, I think I love this one. I I'm with TV. I, I like the ambiguity. I like thinking about it. It's prompted me to go back and read some stuff and check out some other things from uh, some other old folklore I've been reading lately. And I, I don't know, I love it. I love that it makes me do that. That's what I appreciate about it. It harkens back to other, like, A24 films, like it comes at night. I just feel like there's, like, a story in the world, not necessarily a story being told at the forefront. And something about that just really gets to me. But I do think these criticisms are valid. You know, all you got to do is pop online and you can see how divisive this movie is. I mean, it's got a 6.6 on IMDb. The Google, like, aggregate is two and a half stars out of five. Like, ouch, man. For a movie that looks good, that seems a little excessive. But whatever. It's an easy buy it for me. I'm going to go find some cool version of this movie and snag it and love it and put it on my mantle and watch it every year. That's a buy it from Fox. For Christmas? Ooh, a Christmas present for myself, maybe. (laughs) A new tradition. A Christmas game. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Oh, that'd be awesome. Yeah, I really like this movie. And I'll admit, I wasn't sure what to think about the first time I watched it. It was was kind of something I had to ponder a bit. Um, But the more I think about it, the more I really like it. The second time I watched it, it really concreted that. And this time is even further concreted that for me. I think this is... A great movie. Um, the visuals, of course, are amazing. The music's awesome. The Green Knight himself is awesome. All the acting is amazing. Um, there's so much to like about this. And then 
there's this weird kind of interesting story about, yeah, greatness, what does it mean, impending doom, all this kind of stuff that I really like. It's it's pretty ambiguous at times. It's kind of weird. I can I can definitely see that, and I can see why people wouldn't like that. Um, but I kind of like that style of movie. Uh, I like the ambiguity. I like the questions. Um, and I like to think about them and ponder them, and I like to have discussions like this. This has been really fun. I've really enjoyed talking about this movie with you guys. And... Um, yeah, I, I really like this. It makes me want to watch more of Lowry's stuff. I did not realize he did a ghost story. Um, but, yeah, I'm curious to watch some more because I think this is just such a great movie. Yeah, I'll give it a bite for sure. I already own it, if you didn't know. I think I gave that away too, but it looks cool. It looks so good. It's worth it for that alone, but it's so much more. It is worth it for the technical aspects. Um it's a, a a gorgeous movie. I mean, a ghost story was too. It was a beautiful film, but that one was a beautiful film because of the story and the message in it and the visuals and the style of how it was made. This one, it's more just the style and the visuals and then all the technical aspects, at least for me. I... I didn't know what to think also when I watched this the first time. I thought about it a long time. I was reading stuff that Lowry said about it. I was thinking about it. And I ultimately came to the conclusion that there's not much to unpack here. Um, Lowry's presenting a lot of ideas and themes, but he's not answering them. He's leaving it up to you to think about what you think about them, you know? And I don't much care for that. I would have greatly preferred that he give his own take on the subject matter and that he would have told a strong story um, with a strong character that has... Um, he has a character arc in this, but it's very light... Um, there's not great reasons given for why he does what he does. It's all left up to your interpretation. And he could be doing that for you to project your own thoughts onto the character, which um, is fine, I guess. I don't really like that too much. I much prefer a strong story with a character I can get behind and get invested in his quest and want to see him succeed even if he keeps screwing up with this though, it's like, yeah, I'm just watching him do things and I don't much care for how his story ends up ending, you know, uh, cause I'm not too invested in him and that, I mean, it's an obvious choice that he decided to do it that way. So I feel weird having that be a fault with it. Um, cause he knowingly did this, but it still is a story issue for me and a fault of the storytelling since he wants to be so ambiguous. It was fun to talk about. Remind me a lot of mother when we reviewed that. There's a lot to talk about. Maybe it doesn't give you too, well, that one even gives you some answers if you, it, once you figure it out, you know, initially I would have given this a pass, I think, but I do think it has a lot more merit after listening to what you guys think about it. Um, so I'm going to give it a watch it um, based on that. Know what you're getting into with this. And um, 
because you're not going to enjoy it if you are expecting something else. Yep, I would agree with that. There you have it. Our Christmas special. (laughs) Our gift to you. (laughs) Our own little Christmas game. No beheadings. Hooray! (laughs) I was kind of worried, but no beheadings. Yeah. But the question is, what's next? Hmm. I've got something for next week. We're going to do like a one-off, and this is a movie I like to watch around this time of the year. It's Jingle All the Way with Arnold. Oh, yeah. This is like a tradition. Oh, I haven't seen... I think I watched this last year, actually, so this will be fun to revisit, yeah. Well, I'm envious, boys, yeah. I'll be absent, but... Mm, I hope no mysterious green visitors... Show what? up at your podcast. <laughs> wait, wait, are you the Grinch? <laughs> wait, what? <laughs> oh, God, I don't know what that means. Do you want to play a game? Jigsaw's <laughs> 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 not green. <laughs> but, that'll be good. Uh, in the meantime, if you want to let us know about your thoughts about the Green Knight, I'd love to hear them. I think we've all got some different theories about it, so we'd be curious to see what you guys think about it. Um, find us on Facebook or Twitter at Run the Real or email us at runtherealpodcast at gmail.com. Hit us up. Tell us your theories, your thoughts. Did you like it? Did you not? I want to know. We all want to know. What kind of Christmas games do you play? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, get in contact with us. We'd love to hear from you. Well, anyways, thanks for listening to us tonight. We really appreciate it. This is Run the Real, signing off. Mm-hmm.